friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the publisher and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. We get to identify those issues that affect credit unions and talk about all the best practices that exist to learn from one another and improve our credit unions. My guest on today's show is a return guest. Seth Brickman, the CEO at QCash Financial, is back for another episode. He's got some exciting news to share. It is going to be a great episode. Seth, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Lauren. It is uh, great to talk to you again and uh, share the incredible things that are happening at QCash. Absolutely. Well, you were on the show a couple of years ago, episode 18. And we're really, really excited to have you back. That episode in 2021, you know, we chatted a lot about financial inclusion, about using relational underwriting, which all of that is still so relevant today. But so much has changed even in the last 6 to 12 months. We're in just a really, really different place than we were in 2021. I'm curious, how would you say the environment for credit unions has really evolved in the last 2 years? And then, of course, tell us a little bit about how QCash has evolved in that time. Great. So, you know, the way it's evolved at credit unions is I think credit unions are becoming more open to the understanding of the statistics that we hear frequently, but aren't actually internalized. And I'm talking about things like from the Financial Health Network, where we hear over and over about 40% of Americans would struggle to handle an unexpected $400 expense. And it's not a matter of if, but when, and when that happens. What can credit unions do about it? And that's where QCash comes into play. We want to take those members out of predatory lending back into the safety of the credit union. And then some new statistics that have come out from Payment.com and Lending Club that say 64% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And last year, that number was actually 61%. And the growth in that number, over 80% of it, was people making over $100,000 a year. So what that tells us is that 64% of people living paycheck to paycheck, that is irregardless of socioeconomic status, which means whether you think you have a clientele of high net worth individuals or not, or you're a low income designated credit union, we're all dealing with that same problem of how do we help our members when they have a life event and they're dealing with that life event and need financial help. And that's really where QCash has come into play. So since we last talked, the great news for QCash is we have quadrupled in size. So we're now in 100 credit unions, and we are keeping over 20,000 families a month out of predatory lending and keeping them in the safety of their credit union. And at the end of the day, that's how we measure our success is how many families are we bringing back into the safety net of that credit union. What an impact QCash is making for for consumers. And that is such an amazing story. And for those who don't know or who maybe didn't listen to the last episode you were on, I want to talk just a bit more about QCash. And you touched on it already, but what is that really uh, maybe concise elevator pitch or, or maybe it's a longer elevator ride, but what was the elevator pitch you would give folks about what QCash does overall and, and where this can really add so much value for consumers and credit unions? So what QCash does is QCash partners with credit unions because credit unions own the loan and they service the loan. And we help credit union members dealing with a life event go from clicking a link on the credit union's mobile app or website saying, I need help, i.e. a loan link, to actual funds in their account in under 60 seconds without the use of credit score and credit report. QCash has a patented 
relational underwriting algorithm that allows credit unions to drive financial inclusion, say yes to the members that they're currently declining, and really make a difference in their field of membership. But we do that without using credit score and with a deep integration into your core. So I write the loan to your core. I write the GL entries. I write the uh, auto payment schedules and I transfer money, which means our loans need no interaction from credit union personnel. It's a completely digital experience that allows members to get a loan from anywhere at any time on any device. And all the credit union member knows is I went to my credit union and got help. They don't know QCash exists in the background. So we allow the credit union to be the hero because that's what they are anyway. And the member to get the help they need through an amazing member experience. I love to hear about what you've been able to offer for folks and, and what a cool way to make the credit union sort of the hero of the story too. And to your point, they, they really are. And I want to talk about small dollar loans too. And you mentioned this earlier, but you know, we know a lot of times members are looking elsewhere for those, whether it's a payday lender, a predatory lender. Is that a problem for credit unions? And, and where do you think that they can really step up? That's a great question. So the way I start one of my talks on financial inclusion is I start it with, I say, whenever I say the word financial inclusion, all of us get this mental picture of who that person is. And what I want to do is expand that picture to be much bigger and much broader than the person or the people that we naturally think of as needing uh, the help when we talk about financial inclusion. So when I talk about financial inclusion, I'm thinking about that single mom who due to nothing that she did except she was in a relationship that was toxic and had her credit score ruined. And now she's on her own dealing with a child and she doesn't qualify for traditional lending. Right? That's not the picture most people get in their mind when I say financial inclusion. But that's the picture that comes into my mind. And there are many of those stories of people who, who due to no, no cause of their own, find themselves in a place where they don't qualify for traditional lending and they don't have anywhere to turn but predatory lending. And when we say predatory lending... I'm talking pawn shops, title pawn, rent-a-centers, payday lenders. It's bigger than just the payday lending space. It's how do you really make a difference in your members' lives when their refrigerator breaks down or their car breaks down and they need to get to work the next day. And so the reality is we know that the Financial Health Network tells us 176 million people struggle financially and over two out of every three are financially unhealthy. And if that's the case... Statistically, every credit union in the nation has those people, and we need to be able to help them. I absolutely, I mean, I could not agree more with you that that this is a real opportunity for credit unions. What do you think is the risk for credit unions surrounding small dollar lending? Or, or why haven't more credit unions stepped up to this yet? And how do you think they can work through that to mitigate those risks? So there's a couple of components there. Number one is a lot of credit unions just do not find themselves comfortable with non-FICO score underwriting. Now, QCash as a whole, we have our patented relational underwriting algorithm. We have done over 925,000 loans with our partners. And in fact, in about three, three and a half months, we are going to celebrate our millionth loan. And we are so excited to think that we've helped a million families out of predatory lending back into the safety of their credit union. 
but it does take trust. And we've got the data to support that our underwriting allows a credit union to safely and responsibly lend to their members in a different way. The other thing that I hear is one of two things. Either our members don't need that because we have a high net worth group. And we talked about that already, about they already are living paycheck to paycheck. The more you earn, the more you spend. But the other thing that I hear is that we're already doing something like that. And I've heard these stories from credit unions where they go, well, we already have a program. We do it twice a year. And it's so successful that our members are lined up outside our branch waiting hours to get this loan. And my response to that is, I'm not so sure that that's successful. If you're making your members wait outside for hours to get a small dollar loan and have to actually come to the branch only twice a year, I go, that's not that's not really helping them when the life event happens because we can't predict when our life events happen. And if we can take them to or from I need help to I got help in under 60 seconds, again, 24-7, no matter where they're at, that's the member experience credit unions need to be need to be giving. And so, you know, I think there's just this this fear of, you know, that the loans are going to be high default. And again, we, we mitigate that with our underwriting. They are underwritten loans. And then the work required to give these loans, well, we have fully digitized the entire process. It's automated. It takes no interaction from, from loan personnel. So I would just ask credit unions, be open to reconsidering it because your members need it. And right now they are not coming to you for help. Mm. Wow. Well, that's a super powerful, I think, to, to just hear it. even the comparison of what we might think of as credit unions. Oh, you know, people are lined up out the door. And I remember five or six years ago, I was going to get an auto loan and I couldn't believe I had to go into a branch to sign for it. It's it's such a shift in some of the different, you know, expectations that our members have or, or the things that they're looking for in terms of ease of use. And I know one of the things that you talk a lot about is, is really financial access and also inclusion as credit unions, such important imperatives for our industry. How does small dollar lending really tie into those? And can you maybe talk about why financial access, why inclusion, diversity, equity, all of that is so important and how credit unions can really lead the way there? And then I'll even add on one more question. How does QCash really support credit unions in that journey? Yeah, that that's the crux of who QCash is, Lauren. And so I'm going to start with a story that I got from Amanda Habansky, who's the CEO of People's Advantage Credit Union. She had a credit union member who had a 450 credit score and over a period of time got several QCash loans, was able to raise his credit score to 650, which allowed him to qualify for a federal program to get his first mortgage and buy his first house. So we took a credit union member who was 450 credit score, nowhere to turn. And now that person is a homeowner thriving, right? And that's that's what I call financial inclusion. Financial inclusion also includes the fact that because we use relational underwriting, you can give loans to your members that have ITIN numbers and not social security numbers. And when you look at the growth of the immigrant population here in the United States, that is an extremely important asset that a credit union can have to be able to help those members. But then there's the other piece is, is QCash is going to allow you to give loans, small dollar loans to the members that you're currently declining. So by nature, you are going to be driving financial inclusion because you're saying yes to more people. And you're saying yes in a way that gives them the, the respect and their self-esteem back. 
because they don't have to look somebody in the eye and say, I need help. They can do it digitally from where they're at and deal with the situation that they're dealing with. And so when it really comes to financial inclusion, the ability for you to have a product for the majority of your members, no matter what life state they're in, what their credit score is, and in a safe, responsible way where you've mitigated risk, um, that, that's what's important. And even the government recognizes the impact of QCash and what we can do in communities to where credit unions that are CDFI certified or low-income designated or minority designated, they can use government grant money to not only pay for the implementation of QCash, but to also create a loan loss reserve. So if they do have defaults, they can offset those defaults with grant money and actually have no impact to their P&L which would give them an even greater capability of making that difference in their neighborhoods. Wow. That is so cool. And I think there are so many who don't even know that yet. And it's really great to hear all about what QCash can do to really revolutionize the way that credit unions are able to meet consumers where, where they need to be met. As we look to the future, I am curious, Seth, what is QCash's focus for the road ahead? What, what are you thinking next? Yeah, so, you know, we've recently launched our financial first responder loan. And Lauren, this one to me is super exciting because imagine a credit union actually being able to be that financial first responder whenever a disaster or a major event hits their membership base or their field of membership. So I go back to Hurricane Ian hitting the state of Florida, right? Our credit unions in Florida were able to go live with a hurricane relief loan in under 15 minutes because we had the loan ready to go. We built out that financial first responder loan at implementation. It wasn't live. All they had to do was go in and flip a switch, give it a name. And now they're able to help their members get cash to pay for gas, to get out of town, to pay for a hotel, to buy groceries. So whether it's tornadoes in Arkansas, wildfires in Oregon, major layoffs, government shutdowns. Imagine the ability for the credit union to be that financial first responder. That to me is one of the most exciting things for our industry. And I think it's very important as we as we continue to fulfill that mission of people helping people. Now, looking forward, the other things we're looking at now are we know credit unions want more members and they should have more members because they really are different from banks. And so we're building a member acquisition loan that's going to allow credit unions to use our uh, a, an alternative credit data type of underwriting to offer loans to non-members to get them to become members. So imagine the ability for somebody to get a small dollar loan, but that partnered with a credit union's account creation process so that the credit union gets a new member, the person gets the help they need to deal with the life event. And now the credit union is able to help one more family. And that to me is, uh, is going to be a super cool product. We're hoping to launch that by the end of this year. And then we've got a very robust roadmap. So one of the things that I'm not sure if all of your listeners are aware of, but in the end of March, QCash Financial, QSO, was acquired by Aloya Corporate Federal Credit Union. And so this is kind of one of those partnerships that just made so much sense because Aloya is focused on serving credit unions and QCash is focused on serving credit unions and helping them serve their members. And so this new partnership is also going to accelerate some of the roadmap things that we had planned. Um, but we're going to stay in independent QSO operating completely independent. 
we're just going to be able to accelerate some of the work that we were doing and being able to do some really neat things like we're launching, we're in beta test right now for a line of credit using relational underwriting that a credit union has the option to turn on an auto fund feature in the case of an overdraft situation to actually prevent members from overdrafting their accounts by giving them a QCash loan to cover the difference. Therefore, no fees for the member and it's much better for the credit union. And so, you know, we're coming up with those kinds of unique solutions to really help credit unions help their members, but do it in a safe, responsible way where everybody feels like that it's a win-win situation. There is just so much going on in the QCash world. And that is so exciting to hear about both about Aloya and that partnership and, and the amazing things that'll allow you to do and the roadmap for you looking forward. I think there's so much opportunity for credit unions there. And I'm really excited for them to get to connect with you if they haven't already. We are going to link to Seth's contact information and that of his team at QCash. So if you are interested in learning more, you can get involved. You heard it here. You can even, uh, in some cases, use government grants to cover the cost. So really, really amazing. Seth, as we wrap up the show, I always like to uh, have some fun with rapid fire questions to let our, our listeners get to know you even better. So the questions are rapid. Your answers don't have to be. But if you are ready, let's <laughs> get started. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Oh, but first I have to ask, and this is going to be some hardball journalism right here, but I heard a rumor that you were driving race cars these days. Can you give us the inside scoop there? So I, I enjoy taking cars to tracks and I've got some buddies and what we will do is we will rent a race car and four or five, six of us. And then we take turns driving it around on the track and see who can get our fastest times. And so you know, I've done some indie. I've done some modified indie light cars, open wheel, um, and so that's just something that that I enjoy doing on the side. And now that my child is no longer of child age and he is out of the house, <laughs> I am I am freed up and allowed to do some a little more riskier things in life, and and that's one of them. So I do enjoy that. That is amazing. Should we replace the golf tournament at a credit union conferences with uh, <laughs> something on a racetrack? <laughs> there you go. I'd sign up for that. I mean, I, I'd watch. I don't know that I'd drive one, but <laughs> I'll go watch. <laughs> All right. Back to our rapid fire questions. Seth, who is someone in your life that was a great leader and what makes them great? So I think, you know, when I, I'm former military and when I first joined the military, they put this person over you to help you assimilate into this entirely new way of life. And the person who they put over me, his name was Rodney Wade. And I'll never forget him because he had this huge impact in my life. Because when you join the military, life becomes very different, very fast. And he not only guided and mentored me, um, but he gave me principles that allowed me to be successful and have an incredible time in my 11 years in the military where I was able to walk away and transition that into a very successful career. And so, you know, I think I was young at that time and very impressionable. And I was just truly blessed to have this gentleman pour himself into me to allow me to become what I am today. I love that. Leaders creating leaders. Amazing. All right. Well, if you're going to splurge on something, if it's not a race car, but you want to treat yourself, what is something you might spend a little bit on? So <laughs> I, I love shoes and sadly I have more shoes than my wife, um, tennis shoes. Though. So, like I'm a big Jordan and, and unique shoe person. And so if I see a cool pair of shoes, 
I try to be price conscious and buy them at like the Nike outlet stores and things like that. But there have been a couple pairs of shoes that if I had the money and was going to splurge, that would probably be somewhere I would do it. Okay. Well, the way to Seth's heart, if you need something from him, maybe try a pair of shoes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Random question. I know you've traveled a lot for work. You're just telling me how much you've been on the road lately. What is that city you are so excited to visit when you hear that a conference is going to be held there? So for me, it's Charleston, South Carolina. You know, part of my time in the military, I got to spend two years there and truly fell in love with that city. The history, the culture, the food. Oh my gosh, the food. First time I ever ate gator was in Charleston. And so, you know, it's just one of those cities that I think is iconic. And if you allow yourself to really embrace the history of that city and see what happened and how it has progressed on top of it being, you know, an incredible port city. It's just a beautiful place to go visit. I love that. It is gorgeous. Well, hopefully we'll we'll get to run into each other at a conference in Charleston soon. <laughs> Definitely. What is a book that you think everybody should read? So one of my favorite books that I've been recommending lately is actually a, an interesting book. It's called Hooked by Nir Eyal. And it is a book on how to build habit-forming products. And really what it is, is it's what are the, the ways that a consumer's psychology works that you should be thinking about as you're creating new services or products for your members? And so it is one of those, you know, not everything in it is applicable to the credit union industry, but honestly, a lot of it is because it talks about how do we create products that our members actually want to use as opposed to have to use. And there's a huge distinction between want and have. And my goal for the credit union industry, especially coming from a big tech background, is that we build products that our members want to use. Amazing. I love that. Well, we're going to link to that here. So if anyone's interested, we'll have the link in the show notes of this episode. Seth, what has been your best hack for creating balance and integration between your work life and what I like to call your life life? So for me, it was getting a puppy. So I recently adopted a, I'll only rescue dogs. And I had my last dog for 17 years and we finally had to put her down. And I took a couple year break. And what I noticed in that couple of years without that distraction, not that it's a full-time distraction, but it gives me a minute to turn away and just love on my puppy. Um, I was so focused on work and so consistently behind my computer so back in December, I rescued a, a black and tan coonhound. Her name is Ellie, and she is now the biggest part of my life. But just, you know, the way a dog gives you that unrequited love and is so excited to see you. And even though they saw you five minutes ago, they see you again, and it's like the first time they've seen you all day. Um, it just reminds you that there's times during the day that you just have to take a break and breathe and get some fresh air. And, uh, and what I call filling my love tank with my puppy. So, ah, amazing. Well, that is a great hack. <laughs> Adopt a dog. <laughs> well, we're going to link to everything we talked about today in the show notes. But, Seth, my last question for you is do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or final asks of our listeners today? So, what I would ask of the listeners today, and especially those credit union executives, is really look internally and say, what are we doing? to serving the marginalized members of our credit union. 
And, and when I say marginalized, it's not just people who have poor credit score. It's not just immigrants who have ITIN scores. Um, it is, it is what are we doing to make sure that our members have access all of the time to help they, they might need. And, and when I say that, you know, an example is we get requests from credit union members at two o'clock in the morning that are super prime credit scores from Las Vegas. Now, I don't know why they need the money, but they need money in Las Vegas at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and at least through QCash, the credit union has the ability to get them those funds, whether it's, you know, two o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the afternoon. And then the other piece, and again, I go back to people's advantage. Uh, Amanda Hobansky called me in December because for the first time in their credit union's history, they gave loans on Thanksgiving Day. And they were so excited because they had never given loans in their entire history on Thanksgiving Day. But because they now had a product that was available 24-7, they could give loans and help members on days that they were closed, on holidays. And that makes a huge difference. So look internally, figure out how you are meeting the needs of your members and figure out if QCash might be a part of that to help you meet those needs. That is just a perfect way to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much, Seth, for being on the show. It is always such a pleasure getting to, to chat with you. And I always leave feeling inspired. Thank you, Lauren. It's always good to be on your show. You guys are awesome. Well, we love all of you over at QCash. I hope you stay well, Seth. Hopefully we'll get to run into each other in person soon. And thanks to all of our listeners today for tuning in to the CU Insight Network podcast. We'll be back again next time.